good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 7.30 right here on 100.7 WHIN. Or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 945. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. Well, good morning, everybody. I am just so happy to be here today. I'm happy to to know that God is real this morning. You know, it's so easy for us to get caught up in the thinking that life is happenstance, that life just happens. But I can't buy that. I can't buy into the fact that that people want me to stop having pride in my nation. I can't buy into the fact that people want me to stop saying the name of Jesus. I can't buy into the fact that because you don't like it, I can't say it. I'm not buying it. 21 years ago, thousands upon thousands of lives were lost. Millions of lives were affected. Because somebody was not afraid to stand up. Hundreds of lives were saved. I don't know what you're dealing with today. As we're going into chapter 18, the book of Revelation today. I don't know what you're fighting I don't know what you're going through, but I know this. I've got an answer for you. If you want help, if you want hope, I've got an answer. And I can sum it up in one name. It's a name that's above all names. It's the lily of the valley, the bride and morning star, the fairest of 10,000. The Rose of Sharon. He's the balm of Gilead. He's my healer. He's my savior. And he's my friend. And his name is Jesus. And if you're looking for something today, and you want to change your world today, call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. I'm feeling this today, y'all. I'm feeling this today. Thank you for ushering me into the presence of the Lord with praise and worship this morning. <clears throat> We're going to be looking at the fall of Babylon the Great. The fall of Babylon the Great. And I've been looking at some things and studying some things, and <clears throat> I was going a whole nother direction, and I really feel that God is, is moving me to another place. And I love y'all, but I serve God. And I'm going to do what he's leading me to do today. I didn't, for years, believe what I'm about to tell you. I believed that, that Babylon the Great was one particular city. And the more that I study, the more that I look at Revelation, the more that I am convinced that it is much more than that. 
And I want to share some, some statistics and some numbers with you today. Babylon is mentioned 260 times in Scripture and is second in importance only to Jerusalem. Biblically, it is viewed as the devil's city, while Jerusalem is viewed as God's city. Now, I want to share something with you. If I say the word sin city, what am I talking about? Everybody said, well, we know the ones that's being Vegas because I'm a regular. No, I'm just playing. So when we look at this, we think about being a singular place. But in all actuality, I want you to know this. There are 10 cities in the world known as Sin City. Berlin, Germany. Macau, China. Manama. Bahrain, New Orleans, Louisiana, Moscow, Russia, Rio de Janeiro, Las Vegas, Nevada, Amsterdam in the Netherlands, Tijuana, Mexico, and Pattaya, Thailand. All of these places are known as Sin City. And there's some things that I'm going to bring in that as I was going to bed last night and it was late. I felt God move on me to do some research. And so late last night, I was doing some research. And I'm going to share some of that with you tonight but I, or today. But I want you to think about this. I believe that this destruction that is coming is not going to be as much about one specific city, but the influence of these 10 cities. Anywhere you have this kind of stuff that's going on, you have tremendous amounts of wealth. You have tremendous amounts of gains and losses. If it weren't so, people wouldn't be there. I have been to a casino one time in my life, and I was nailing it on a penny slot machine. <laughs> you think I'm playing? I got up to $1,800 on a $20 bill in a penny slot machine. Ask me what happened. Glad you asked. Becky and I were sitting there, and, and we were enjoying ourselves, and I just kept hitting the double down, double down. It's a penny, right, you know? And my pennies kept growing, and then a band came on, and they were really good. And I'm like, yeah, so I'm, I'm betting to the beat. And when I looked up, I never played a slot machine before. I didn't know how to do this. I didn't know you could cash out. I thought you just played like a video game till you lost, you know? Wrong. I got that down to $180, and there was a lady sitting next to me. I said, ma'am, do, what do I do here? She said, oh, honey, you done lost all that money. I said, well, I didn't have nothing but a $20 bill in it, so I'm still ahead. She said, yeah, but you had 10 times more. Are y'all still with me? You had 10 times more than that. She said, push that button right there that says cash out. And I pushed that button, and a little slip came at me and said, we owe you $180. I said, I wish I'd have done that about two hours ago. That would have had another zero on the back of it. Well, it was all good until I got to the room. And my wife said, what happened to all that money? Now, remember, I started off putting a $20 bill in. I made money. But who do you think made the money? 
Do you think the little guy like me that walked in and thought he was doing something because he dropped a $20 bill in a machine? No, I didn't make any money because it's not designed for me to win. Everybody still with me? You need to understand that we get involved in things because I had somebody that was just wanting me to go to a casino. I had never, ever been in my life. They wanted me to go. They used their points to get me a room comp so it didn't cost nothing. And then it started a snowstorm. And they tried to keep me in that place. I said, y'all ain't keeping me in here. I'm going home. Because I realized that it was a trap. How many times have we been involved in things in our lives and we felt like it was just going okay. And we wound up being caught in a trap. Anybody? Now let's look at this. And I want to show you some things today. Because I'm going to show you how sneaky the devil is. And how easy it is for us to get caught in his traps. Verse 1. After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven. Having great authority. And the earth was illuminated with his glory. So I want to ask you a question. If he was illuminated with glory, whose glory are we talking about? We're not talking about the glory of the angel. He had been in the presence of Almighty God. There's another time that we see in Scripture, Moses has been on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights with God. And when he comes down off the mountain, the Bible says that they had to cover his face because it looked when you looked upon him, it was like looking in the noonday sun because he had been in the presence of God. Guys, I want to tell you, until we get in the presence of God, people are not going to see a difference in us. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We've got to get into the presence of God. We've got to walk into the holy place. We have got to get on our faces before God and repent and move forward in a relationship with him and be changed. The change doesn't come because I made a decision to change. The change comes when I submit myself to the will of the Father. I'm preaching today, y'all. Somebody help me. Verse 2. And he cried mightily with a loud voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Every unclean and hated bird. I started doing some research. What are unclean birds? You know, what are hated birds? Buzzards, vultures, listen, crows, they run my hunting trip just about every time because they're loud and they're obnoxious. Now I want you to think about this. I want you to think about that these places are now fully engulfed in demonic spirits. They have in them every wicked, evil, and vile thing are in these cities. I'm going to use this as a plural, in these cities. And what happens then is that now the birds that come to eat the flesh of those that fall, of those that die, are now present. And nobody wants to see that because when they start coming, they know that there's another progression, another step that's coming, which is to be devoured by these birds. 
We look at Gog and Magog and we look at the battle of Armageddon and the Bible says that all the beasts of the air and all the beasts of the field, they come and they eat the flesh of kings. So now let's keep going. For all the nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the, through the abundance of of her luxury. There's a fellow in the Bible. We don't know what his name is, but he has a title. And his title is the prodigal son. How many of you ever had friends that long as you had something, they was around? And when you didn't have anything, they were gone. But how many of you had friends before you had anything that are still around now? That's blood, that's family, that's a true friend. Amen? I'm telling you now that there are people that want what you have. They want everything you have. They want to take it. They want to get it at no charge. They want to get rich quick. But they don't want to put the work in. I had a man one time that came to my house and, and he said, man, I want this house. I said, you want this house? He said, yes, I want this house. I said, you can have it. He said, you lying. I said, no, you can have it. He looked at me, eyes got big. He said, man, ain't nobody ever done nothing like that for me. Nobody ever gave me a house. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you just gave me your house. I said, no, I did not give you my house. I'm trying to tell you, if you want a house like this, you do what I did to get it. You go 24-hour cycles without sleep. You go to work and work a 12-hour shift and come home and sleep in the driveway where you're building the house and then build the house and work on it and do it and do it until it gets done and sacrifice. You can have it. But see, people are not willing to put the time in to get the result. I am living proof of that. I have had more good starts. I probably lost about 10,000 pounds in my life. They're the same 10,000 pounds. You understand what I'm saying? We get caught up in all these fads and all this stuff and all these gimmicks and Get it quick. If I can take a pill, if I can get a shot, right? And all of a sudden, what's going to happen is that doesn't work anymore. Because all the wealth is gone. And I'm looking at the person who took all my money. Am I going to be happy? Are you going to be happy? If somebody came in and just wiped out everything you got and took it all from you and looked at you and smiled and said, bye, you going to be okay with that? Look, there's enough country people in here that I know it's going to be a revolution somewhere. Why? Because we don't want to give up the things that we've worked hard for. Because the thing that matters to you is what you put emphasis on. Jeff said it, and I've said it many times. Let me see your checkbook, and I'll tell you what's important. It all started with my... Addiction to Walmart. 
never had anything growing up. And all of a sudden, I go in a store and I can buy what I want. I've got a job. I've got a wife. I've got money. I've got kids. And I can get what I want. And I was just buying to buy. You see the trap? You see how we didn't train our children? I wasn't trained about money. Mom and daddy didn't have money. And so what we've got to do is we've got to stop all this and put the brakes on and arrest everything that we see right now. We've got to stop it and we've got to realize that God is still in control. We've got to realize, y'all think I'm talking in circles and I am, but y'all stay with me. We think that everything's going to be okay. And we as Christians have stuck our head in the sand while the world has not only run past us, but run us over and taken every right that we have. And we've let them do it. Just this last couple of weeks, they have passed a law that says in a certain place in this country that the parents cannot know the information of what the child has changed their pronoun to. They don't have to tell the parent. They don't have to tell the parent what they want to be, what their gender is. What, they don't have to tell the parent. I don't know about you, but when I was raising my boys, you do anything to my children, you didn't have to worry about me. That little red-headed woman right there was going to show up. And she didn't care what you thought or anybody else thought. That's my baby. Somewhere we've lost in this country the ability to take control of our own household. We've given it up for a dollar. We've given it up for a boat. We've given it up for a luxury. We've given it up to get an extra check. We've given up and given up and given up and given up, and I'm fed up. I'm tired of giving things that God gave me. God gave me this country. He gave us this country. He gave us through our Constitution certain unalienable rights. They cannot be refuted if you'll stand on them. Now, that's just this country. Let's look at the Bible. God gave us rights in his word. Now, you give up your birthright if you want to, but I'm not going to do it. I am not giving up what God sent his son to die for for me to have. I'm not giving it up. I'm not going to stop being what God called me to be. And that is a person who's got the trumpet, who keeps blowing the trumpet and says, be careful, look out. Something's coming. It's about to happen. And if you don't hear it, I can't help it. But I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you the truth. Let's keep going. I told you I felt something today. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive her plagues. Now, I want you to know the world is very full of people who act like God, who act like Christians. The Bible says that he has a people within a people. There's a, a scripture in Ezekiel that talks about a wheel in a wheel. This is what we're talking about here. This is a prophecy. God's got a people within a people. I want to be that core people. I don't want to be the outside people that gets left behind. Amen? How many of you want to go with me? That's all I'm saying. Now, let's keep going. 
for her sins have reached to heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Now remember, we've talked about iniquities. Iniquities are sin on steroid because they're sins of intention. There's a sin that we just made a mistake and we messed up. But when we talk about iniquity, iniquity is an intentional sin. You did it on purpose. And you can't tell me you hadn't done something on purpose that you're not proud of. You might be proud of it. I don't know. But we do things sometimes because, you know what? I don't care. I want to do it for me. Y'all straighten your halos. Y'all get it in a minute. Be all right. Render to her just as she rendered to you and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed with double for her. Now, if you remember what I talked about a while back, there's a thing called the law of the jealous cup. Again, we don't know what Jesus wrote when he bent down on the ground. When the woman was caught in adultery and thrown in front of her, we don't know what it was written. Anybody that tells you they know, they're lying because it's nowhere in the word. If you can find it, show me because I really want to know. But it's believed one of the thoughts is that he wrote the law of the jealous cup. And what the law of the jealous cup is, is that if a wife was deemed to be unfaithful, the husband could take her to the high priest the high priest would get a cup of wine. He would take dust from the floor of the temple. He would put it in the cup and he would stir it and ask, are you guilty of this? Now understand, when this cup comes, it is a death sentence, period. One is quick-ish. The other is slow and agonizing. If she admits to it, she's immediately take out, taken out and stoned. Now, for those of you from my generation, it's not the good stone. I'm just putting it out there. If, if you live through some of that. They would dig a hole about waist deep. And they would put the person in it. So now, we're not at the same level. See, everybody thinks that they would just pick a stone up and just start throwing rocks at somebody. Not, not the case. There would be a little hole dug, and they would start pelting them with rocks. And it wouldn't be like, let me pick up a gravel. They would pick up rocks. And if you've ever been in the Middle East anywhere, you know that there is no shortage of supply of rocks. Am I right, Travis? There are plenty of them, right? And so they would take those, and they, what would happen is that not necessarily would they be killed with the stoning, but they would be suffocated. Because most of the time what would happen is they would be knocked out in the process and then a heap of rocks would be thrown on top of that person and they could not get out of it and they would be crushed and that would be their burial. And this was always done on the outside of the city. And there were little mounds everywhere. So that's the stoning part of it. The second part is that if she were guilty and she denied and she drank the cup, and here's the key, drank the cup, but was guilty. Literally, her bowels would fall from her body. Not an instantaneous thing, a very slow, arduous, horrifying death. Now, that's the law of the jealous cup. So what she's been given here is the cup that she's offered to everybody else 
She's been given a double portion at this time. Does that make sense? Not pretty. But let me show you something. I want you to listen to this. The measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. Watch this. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. Now, we call this a haughty spirit, a Jezebel spirit, high-minded. How many times do we get caught up in stuff thinking, that's never going to happen to me? Daddy taught me a long time ago, son, don't ever say never. Anybody attest to that? I've had things happen to me that I never thought would happen to me, but it happened to me. I've experienced things that I never thought I would experience, but they happened, good and bad. I'm saying this to you because what is happening to her is you see the stage being set. All of these people have been with this woman. All these people have been involved with her. And now they're about to see judgment come upon her. Now watch this. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. Now when it talks about it happening in one hour, in, in one hour, remember what happened to Lot in one day. Not just in one hour, but in a day. Lot lost all of his wealth. He lost all of his children. He lost all of his land. He lost all of his flocks. He lost all of his servants. He lost his health. He lost everything in one day. But he said these words, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See, there's a difference here. And I want you to understand something. I've talked to you guys for years about people who are saved in their head and not saved in their heart. Because they haven't turned themselves over to be servants. They're just thinking they are. This is part of the deception. This is part of the lies. How easy it is to get caught up in it. I want you to see that because of what she said in her heart. Not what came out of her head, not what came out of her mouth, but what resided in her heart. That I am no widow and I will not see sorrow. Okay, let's see how that works out. Because what happens is when people see the calamity of what takes place with this woman, the world mourns the fall of Babylon. The world mourns the fall. Now why is that important? Because... Everybody, let me just do it this way. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. When they see the smoke of her burning. They're going to be sorry because they were invested emotionally, physically, financially with this woman with this thought process, with this pride, with this Jezebel spirit. 
Why is this a big deal? Watch this. Standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, the great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. In one hour your judgment has come. Because, and the, and the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys her, their merchandise anymore. So we're starting to see this thing start to collapse. We're starting to see everything fall apart. We're starting to see absolute destruction. Everybody's looking at it, and they're in awe. Remember when John was looking at the woman, he saw the woman, and he was in awe. People are going to be in awe as to how fast this is going to happen. So we keep going. And listen to this. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet. And every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of, of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron, and marble, and cinnamon and incense, fragrant oil and frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, and bodies and souls of men. Total, absolute destruction. Total, absolute destruction. You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with CityGate Church, located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at CityGate, have a blessed week.